Yo! Yo! Here we are. We're back. It's a podcast. We're back. Yep. Podcasting um, again. We, we hope you all enjoyed last week. Oh, we yes. took a little break and we, you know, we had such a nice time with uh, Tracy Thomas of the Stacks podcast a few weeks back that we released her premium episode of Yo, Can We Live? She did with us. Um, you know mm-hmm. that. You probably listened to it. But uh, yeah, some good book recs in that. It was just such I a mean, good... I mean, truly... So Truly great. Um, I have been reading so slowly. I got like weirdly, not like busy, but sort of, anyway, not reading quick enough. Um, Mm -hmm. But I started reading There, There, um, one of the books that was recommended. And it's uh, wonderful so far. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it was one of those things when it came out, like Tracy was like, can't wait to hear what you think. And I was like, I'm such a slow reader. I don't think I, or not like a slow reader. I'm weirdly a fast reader, but I'm like um, bad this last week at finding the time to do the reading. I'm trying to become a slow reader because I'm typically a fast reader. And then people go, what'd you think about that last chapter? And I go, um, just a minute, oh, please. Yes. Like you didn't absorb yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That is a little bit my problem too. It's like, I'm, I'm like a, why are we doing this now? But I'm like a reader <laughs> that like, uh, like I, I guess what I'm technically probably doing is like skimming mm-hmm. even what, when I, when I consider reading, cause I like get the story, get the gist, but like, Often people are like, wasn't that like prose amazing? And I was like, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember this line. I, I tend not to remember lines or like phrasing, sure. especially like, but I'm like, I get the story. I like the way it was put together. But like, yeah, I do probably miss too many details to be what an adult would consider reading. Reading. Strictly sure. speaking. Is that well, true? <laughs> well, this is not that podcast. No, this is the podcast, Yo, Is This Racist, where we listen to the your racism voicemail questions with the help of a special guest or guest. This week, there's none. Uh, with me, Tawny Newsom, him, Andrew T., and him, Kevin Bartelt. <laughs> what up? That's... <laughs> <laughs> we're, at, we're at what up energy part of the summer. Well, everyone's, yeah. everyone's like, um, kind of... You know, we took a week off, definitely rattled the old brains around. Um, mm-hmm. It's fucking hot here in L.A. I don't know. It's also hot in, in Vancouver. There's a heat wave, a record heat wave up here. Yikes. Yeah, that is one of those things. It is like, um, you know, as the world gets worse, it's like, I think we, at least in L.A., many people, I, I'll say I assume many people, maybe I'm just the head in the sand of it, but like, you know, COVID and everything really put, uh, the drought, the upcoming drought, Mm, uh, out of mm -hmm. my immediate head. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't really process, but apparently it's about to be quite, quite bad. It was Um, a low rain year too. I know wildfire season is about to be fucking terrifying as usual. You know what else is terrifying is all these parents in the schools shouting about how they don't want their children to learn um, law, law school courses. You know how that's yeah. like such a huge problem. I'm not a parent, but I know that like top of top of my list of fears for having a child is that they go to school and they learn things that they would only learn in law school. Well, I so so this is uh, the right wing has learned the words critical race theory in the last like two weeks. Racists. Um, 
Here's what I will throw out. I uh, I should have flagged this once again on Twitter, but I didn't. Which I, I did see someone tweet that like, um, while while what you're saying is absolutely true, I think this other perspective I thought did ring like true also, which is like, um, people you know normal unracist relatively unracist people saying like, don't worry, your kids aren't learning critical race theory in class. That's like a legal theory that's about like the underlying pervasive racism of our whole system, I think. Um, I'm also not a lawyer. Um, Me neither. <laughs> and again, I feel really bad because this was a, a good tweet that I saw and I just can't remember who it's from. But it was to the effect of like, we're, we're once again sort of playing defense about the wrong thing, which is that like, mm-hmm. yes, it happens that they're not strictly learning capital R, capital, capital C, capital R, capital T, critical race theory, but it actually is good for kids to learn the basic idea that racism underpins our, our entire society. And, um, you know, there, there's like kids aren't learning critical race theory of it um, is true, but it is a little bit us getting caught in the trap of like conservatives, like, you know, it's always a racist lie from them. So like catching them on the specifics of the racist lie might be not as good as simply saying like, I mean, they're not, but they should be learning children's critical race theory. Like, <laughs> CCRT. Um, yeah. yeah, I think someone else said like what they're learning is anti-racism. And even that yeah. is watered the fuck down. So the thing that you're worried about, it's not even happening enough to satisfy most of the progressives in this country. So yeah. no, no one's happy. Um, you might as yeah. well leave it alone. Like you abolishing it. You're not doing what you think you're doing. Yeah. I mean, well, what they are doing is like rallying behind their little racist trends, which is right. like exactly, exactly what they always do. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It, it's the, and um, the one thing I saw a friend of the show, RB um, tweeted uh, some screen grabs from fucking JD Vance. Who's the guy that wrote hillbilly elegy. Just mm-hmm. another one of those like, principled conservatives um and he's just talking about like he was mad so so one thing that also came out is that um the um uh joint chiefs the military uh not someone i would consider woke or good in general Mm. um they were talking about they study critical race theory um you know actual critical race theory because it's something that they should know about um Mm -hmm. And honestly, genuinely, they probably study it in the sense of, like, they studied the Black Panthers so that they could kill them. Or, like, they studied the teachings of Martin Luther King to subvert them. Like, it is lunacy to imagine that our fucking U.S. military is, like, woke by any stretch. But even that is making conservatives mad. So then this hillbilly elegy guy, who, again, is, like, allegedly, like like the principled conservative or he's just talking about like he's he's the one that right. people talk about like when they want to say like it's just about like jobs and economic displacement it's not about racist but he's like furious you know and and his i, I don't even want to read his tweet it's just some gobbledygook but like yeah um you know he basically was like the joint chiefs pandering to progressive wokeness and like conservative Americans are disproportionately bleeding for this country. And it's just like, you know, like if you're this enraged, um, his tweets were about, yeah, sorry, about like how mad he is about this. And it's like, 
you're once again, it's like all those principled conservatives, like, and I, the, what I tweeted was like, it's just telling that every time you have a principled, smart conservative, like if you fucking press them on their race, on, sorry, not in their race, on race for like 10 seconds, they reveal themselves to be enraged white racists. Well, like, uh, and, and even the ones who, you know, benefit of the doubt, even the ones who aren't, they do not engage in these conversations frequently enough to have a, 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 a conversational they're not practiced at talking about these things. So you sound like a racist because you yeah. don't know how to just talk about people in a way that's normal and informed <laughs> right. and, and curious about the things you don't know. Like that is one thing. Well, I know Andrew and I joke all the time about us not being experts, but doing hours and hours of this podcast, what it has done is it's given us a, a you know, a, like a facility fluency. with yeah, yeah. fluency and speaking about these things. Even when we don't know the answers, we are able to have the conversation. We have the tools to have the conversations, yeah. which so many of these people don't because their their sights are set on things like preventing critical race theory from being taught. Prevention, prevention. We don't want to talk about these things because it yeah. unearths uncomfortable truths about this country. Well, it's like, like maybe if you got a little better at talking about it, you'd be able to uh, uh, yeah. explain your bullshit points a little better. Like, it's the how dare you suggest that this country is racist is right. racist. Like, right. what the fuck are you talking about? We stole this land. We started it with, you know, many people able to be property, like, what by race. Like, what, how, in what way is this not a racist country? And not wanting to acknowledge those things. It's like they don't want to acknowledge those things because they don't want to be like, well, what am I supposed to do now? I guess we're just racist and we're bad. And it's like, no, because you're not practiced at having these conversations. What we do is we go, yeah, this place is really fucked up. Here's how we can talk about how to fix it. Like, that's, well, yeah, it, it's almost like it, it creates its own definition. If you're some white guy that's like, well, I guess I'm racist then. It's like, yeah, you actually are. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you you actually made your own prediction come true. You fucking piece of shit racist. Anyway, um, we don't have and there's there's sorry. The speaking of stolen land, there isn't really like a fun um, version of this. But, um, you know, it feels like remiss that we we. Um, the, so the last I saw, it's um, this is in Canada, but it's not significantly different than what we did here in America about mm. just um, native children or mass graves being discovered of of uh, native children. I believe it's children. I guess I yeah. don't specifically know if it's children and adults. Uh, Most or, of the victims are children. Yeah. Um, the graves were underneath residential schools in both Kamloops. Uh, there were over 200 found there. And then... Very recently in southern Saskatchewan, there were um, over 700 found there. And yeah, the obviously the, the, this is where this show gets hard to do because this isn't really our wheelhouse. But what I can say is not being from Canada and also not being an indigenous person, I don't have a lot of I, I didn't. No one taught me about these residential schools. So, mm-hmm. you know, five or six years ago when I first started hearing about them and their U.S. equivalent um, along with similar things that happened in uh, places like Australia with the Aboriginal community there, um, removing the children from their families there. Uh, it is sort of our job to learn about these things and to understand what was happening there and to seek that information from indigenous local native sources so that you know mm-hmm. we're not just getting some whitewashed history of the atrocities that went down. So that's been my that, that's been, you know, this has reinvigorated that search for information for me, and I hope it does for you, because that's yeah. all, all I can all I can manage to do right now with such terrible news. 
Well, and as far as like something maybe helpful goes is like sort of the equivalent of what like, again, huge racist J.D. Vance like could do, which is like acknowledge that you don't understand the history, Mm. the perspective and like at least hopefully what we do. I mean, look, people call it all the time and say that we've done it wrong. But on the balance, I do think we are hopefully good at being able to say, look, we don't know. We we like understand that this is like happening it's part of our racist society mm-hmm. like at least we're not like this is not this they were taken care of i remember um uh i saw online some someone was like some conservative was like well like those schools were open for so long like it's not like that many children per year what? or something oh God, <laughs> which is like asshole. yeah like like and you know, I at least saw it in the context of again. I need to flag the stuff that I see on Twitter better. But like a, a native uh, comic, I believe, saying something to the effect of like, "There aren't supposed to be any graves below your schools. No. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, and knowing about what you know, even if we're not talking about the specific tragedy of these deaths, you know, which which does appear to be a type of a genocide. Even if we're just talking about. If I'm learning now about what those schools are, you know, they were they were culture stripping factories. They were, yeah. you know, ways to prevent the spread of their native languages. It's that on, on itself is is terrible enough. So even if you're a complete asshole who doesn't believe that these graves are important, what the schools were there to do, what everyone agrees that they were there to do is bad enough. Um, yeah, there was a really nice. Um, well, I just walked by in downtown Vancouver um this past weekend, there was a nice, um, yeah, just a uh, memorial kind of set up on the steps of a, a building here. And, you know, one thing I noticed was, and I don't know if I have like a little bit rose-colored glasses about how people in this part of Canada maybe seem a little bit more sensitive than folks in L.A. or Chicago where I've lived. But I, I had the feeling that if a similar site was set up in one of our cities in the U.S., I, I didn't sense that you'd get as much reverence as I was noticing here. I noticed a lot yeah. of people of of a lot of different colors really taking it in and yeah, just spending like silent moments with it. And it, it made me hopeful that it's being taken seriously now that more people are being made aware of it. That's just my hope. Yeah. Uh, I will say we, we were not using this voicemail this week because I think it had just too many specific details in it, but we did get a call uh, in the voicemail box that was like, um, can Tani talk about this sort of specific set of things happening in Vancouver, which is not about um, Native folks, I don't oh. think, but I didn't totally understand all of it. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can shout out the organizations the people mentioned um, maybe next week or somewhere. Oh, that'd but, be good. Because I also don't know anything that's happening here. I've been on a film set 16 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, like asking us to do specific things like that is a little not what we can do on this show. Like... Because it's like, you know, we, we, first of all, have, even if we're, for instance, in a town, like have, may have limited fluency with what's going on there because we're mm-hmm. busy doing other things. And like, you know, I don't know. It was, it was a thing where I don't want to encourage these types of calls because we can't n- talk about and know about every local thing everywhere. But, but giving us the info, like Andrew said, he's going to d- dig in and maybe list those organizations. That's that's great. That's helpful. That's something that I've been trying to do, even when people like reach out to me in DMs or things. You know, a lot of times, I feel like since 2016, especially, there's been this rise of like 
voices like ours, but who are trying to make it more of a career, you know, than we are. Like, we have careers. We just also are, like, passionate about this. Um, And so uh, sometimes I get mistaken for one of those people and they want me to moderate things or be involved in things or be the voice (laughs) of X. And what I've really been trying to do, and I try to explain this really clearly, like, it is not that I don't think your cause is valid or, like, I don't want to be a part of it, quote unquote. I'd be honored, but I'm rarely am I the right voice. If you want to talk about yeah. diversity and representation in Hollywood, boom, bam, I'm there. Where do I sign? Yeah. You want to talk about hiring black hairstylists on sets? We can stop doing our own hair because that's a microaggression we have to deal with constantly. I'm there. Yeah. Um, so these other nuanced things, what I've been trying to do is pass it along to people who are like what, what we should be doing is hearing from the people that these issues affect the most. Right. And so even though there are those types out there and we're friends with a lot of them who can be the kind of like all activism moderators, that's certainly not me, and I don't think it's Andrew. So yeah. thank you for sending us these things. And, and you can continue to in a way, but just know that that's how we're kind of handling Yeah, we just can't, we're, we're not, I mean, it's the same, uh, you know, and the additional wrinkle actually for Asian stuff is, again, mm. and this is unfortunate, but like, you know, I I feel like I have to do more research on Asian things because, again, not a majority of them, but enough of them are kind of like covert right-wing Asian things that I was like, you know, especially like recently Mm. when there was a lot of energy and public eye towards stop AAPI hate, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, one in five, one in eight, again, not a majority was like, you know, working with the sheriff's department and like really Mm. only seemed to care about Chinese people specifically. And like, Mm. you know, like kind of, just like right wing. And it's like, look, these like right wing solutions, I guess are part of the Asian community. And like, you know, they're not for me. Um, It's, and you know, the fact that I speak out against them does feel like a reason why I think a lot of people don't think of me first for Asian stuff. Cause I don't blanket love every Asian thing. Cause it's Asian, but it's the thing I'm very, it's, it was gross. Uh, the couple mm. times I saw it, I saw some friends retweet things and I like, you know, and it's annoying because you got to like dig and go two, three. I was mostly like a couple of times people would be like, here's an event. And I'm like, hmm, that's weird. This isn't sponsored by any like Asian organization I've heard of or mm-hmm. like Black Lives Matter or anything like that, like is not in conjunction or partnership with it or, or not necessarily Black Lives Matter, but like just anything that I knew about that was good. And then it was like, oh, right, this is conservative often Chinese people, not always. Mm. And so, yeah, there's also that, which makes me like wary and like a little less able to read everything. Well, again, it it goes back to what we were talking about, about fluency in these conversations. You know, uh, when bad things happen and a lot more people become aware of, of shit, then they poke their heads up and they look around and they go, okay, well, who's talking about this stuff? And so sometimes that means they they reach towards people like you and me and it's like, oh, if you had a little more fluency in this topic, you'd know that we're not exactly the right the right yeah. fit for that. So or, the only or solution the to that, <laughs> we, we could be the very wrong fit. Um, so the only solution for that is to just keep, keep paying attention when you hear about terrible things in the news. It's just your job yeah. to, you know, and, and this is such low level, so, so low lifting. Like it's just re- read yeah. articles, like re- go to the sources, read and listen to people for whom the issues affect most directly. Yeah. That is that. Oh, Yeah. I guess the other additional sense I'm, I'm grousing about the inbox. Um, there is also like kind of every time we say a version of what we just said, it's like, well, you should have this guest on this guest on. And it's also like, yes, we would love to often, but we like literally can't cover every single thing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I would hope that people kind of understand, God, we're really just 
really just complaining about the listeners or the callers today. But, no, but like not that, complaining. That this Helping shows, them understand. Mm, okay. <laughs> I hope that's true. No, but, but what we do is hopefully give people like a set of tools and a worldview on how to navigate mm-hmm. racism. Because the thing is like, we can't like a United Colors of Benetton ad like have literally every single possible combination of representation. But hopefully what we can do is like, give you a way to look at the world, which is, you know, the evolving way that we all are looking at the world that is like yeah. helpful and I lets all, you yeah. learn this shit. Cause we can't teach it. We can't teach hardly nothing is our point. And like, I love the inclination to reach out to one of your favorite podcasts and be like, you don't have enough diversity of guests, but I'll just say this and then we can move on. Go ahead and stack us next to most of the other podcasts you listen to and look at <laughs> Look yeah. at the guest list and then maybe maybe your energy could be better spent elsewhere on a show that isn't about racism because <laughs> brown brown people and queer people also want to talk about like sandwiches and yeah. shopping and video games. So why don't you go talk to your other friends you listen to? We love you. Thank you. <laughs> we had a week off. <laughs> we had a week off and we came back mad. That's not that's not right. That's not right. We're glad to be back. We love everybody. Everything's great. We're happy to talk to you all. What um, I didn't even us. know all this was going on in the inbox. So I'm just responding to things Andrew's bringing up. Yeah, it's and it's not too too bad, but it is just like one of those things where it's like, okay, but it doesn't it doesn't make this it doesn't make this show better to tell us stuff like that. Mm. It's it's you it's you the listener missing the point, but that's okay. Maybe we didn't communicate the point well, but the point is never going to be we know everything to to grow and learn, and that's what I'd like to do after this break with some yes. voicemails. Here we go. <laughs> And we're back. Thank you, Dottie. You pulled, you pulled you pulled me out of that hole. Oh boy. Dismount Olympics. Oh, speaking of the Olympics. Yeah. We forgot I, to say. Well, I was gonna shout it out, but then I actually think we should go into detail more uh for the show on Friday, because this is like a this is a great thing. This is about yeah. the eleven incredible black women who are headed to the Tokyo Olympics. Um, Shakari Richardson, Vashti Cunningham, a bunch, a bunch of them. So we can talk further about it. Uh, but it's just what a what a cool celebratory thing to see these women in so many different events. Mm-hmm. We got a couple of them in swimming. We got all kinds of different sports and events happening. Yay, black women! And I, and I guess. Oh, and if you enjoyed the episode last week, that of course was from our premium show. Yo, can we live? Get it at suboptimalpods.com. That's suboptimalpods.com. Sign up for. Mm, I've forgotten the number per month, but. Oh, $4 for the premium show. A little tease of for last week's episode, uh, it was Andrew, Zig, and I, and a lot of it is hyping up, like, Andrew is now Zig's date spot guinea pig, so when no. Zig is thinking about going on a date somewhere, he'll bring Andrew there first, and mm-hmm. a lot of Just the episode is mm-hmm. hyping up uh, a spot <laughs> that they go to, and then Andrew sent me maybe 12 <laughs> seconds of, like, it's pretty good. Food was pretty good, and uh, the waiter's on their way, so... Uh, oh, we're good, gonna go. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you tried um, to do field recording, and you didn't... You, you gave you, you gave Kevin 12 seconds? Incredible. Well, I love... It was fair, perfect. We did, we did hype it up a lot, but we did say... Yep, you did. We might, we might not record in the field. We're going to try. <laughs> or something okay. to the I like it. it. might not be... <laughs> More field recordings. 
It was harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was more than 12 seconds. I'm giving you a hard time, but I really enjoyed tagging that at the end of the episode. I remember thinking this is going to be, this is too short, but like, I can't record this anymore. It was just a weird vibe. It was great. Okay. Uh, Voicemail time? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, Andrew, Tawny, Kevin, and potential guest. My name is Ellie. I am white, and I grew up homeschooled in a conservative Christian cult-like community. One of our main social events were Civil War dances, where we would do group dancing from the 1800s, such as the Virginia Reel. This was our homeschool alternative to prom. There was nothing overtly racist at these dances, but looking back, I feel like it was still racist, simply because we were romanticizing something from the time period of the Civil War while ignoring any historical context. What do you think? Was it racist? And would it have still been racist if we had just called it a dance and left the Civil War out of it? Thank you so much. Love the show. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, look, I didn't like love where I grew up, but when I think about how many people had this whack, weird shit, this fucking Civil War romanticized. Like, no one in the Bay Area in California was romanticizing the Civil War. Or if they were, they were doing it quietly on, like, Yahoo message boards. They, it wasn't mm-hmm. part of our curriculum. Jesus. Uh, I mean, I do like how the caller couched it as overtly racist. Uh, to, <laughs> to which I would stay, just suggest... I don't know where your line for overtly racist any is, but I guess like I don't see what in what world and this is me stereotyping homeschooled people a little bit, is a bunch of homeschooled people celebrating the is it I mean they said antebellum I assume yeah, South dances I don't know from if, the eighteen hundreds, they said. I don't um, know if before but mentioning the Civil War at all and like I'm like, what in what way would you want to recreate that time in it's just clearly racist to me, but like in a like, you know, hmm. I guess in the way that people are like, weren't the 50s great? <sighs> Wait, OK. <laughs> I did the shortest deep dive. I guess we can call this a shallow dive just because mm-hmm. I thought, well, let's see if there's something inherently racist about this dance that the caller mentioned. <laughs> the caller mentioned the Virginia Reel. So according to Wikipedia, the Virginia Reel used to be like an Irish or English country dance that then got brought over here. And it's like people in lines, whatever, everything's fine. So I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem inherently all that bad. Um, And then you scroll down to the music that they would dance to for the Virginia Reel. One of the songs is called Old Zip Coon. Um, (laughs) Another song, (laughs) apologies, slur warning, but I have to say this. So plug your ears if you're sensitive, (laughs) slur warning coming up. It's a song called Nigger Love a Watermelon. Ha, ha, ha. So, okay, yeah. slur over. I'm just, I'm sorry. That's the most yeah. ridiculous name of anything I've ever heard. Um, it's also called Turkey and the Straw, which I'm sure, what? I'm yeah, sure kind of how, like a catch a tiger by yeah. the toe. We, we retconned that. But um, yeah. yeah, fuck that dance. Fuck your cult school. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah. they could have picked any time in history. Yeah. They picked this for a reason. So, but and it's it is like the the thing of like again, you know, especially with people you kind of know to like just so happen to fall in line with every conservative worldview. Like, mm-hmm. you know, again, it didn't take Tawny long to reach the obviously this. And is I didn't listen racist. to the voicemail earlier. You know, I don't listen to the voicemail before we do the show. So it took the from when it played me googling. Yeah, that, not long at all. I mean, I will just point out 
Uh, it took Tawny less time than it took you, caller, to record the voicemail to figure out it was extremely racist. So, I don't know. Maybe we should all interrogate the world from that lens. <laughs> oh, my God. Just a shallow maybe, dive on, on Wikipedia. Maybe, that's, maybe that would be a good thing if everyone was like, hmm. But, you know, it's like just so like... There's no, it's the same of like having a wedding on a plantation sort of shit where you're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, look, the absolute best case scenario is a fucking complete ignorance of American history to the point of willful racist ignorance. That's the best case scenario. Mm -hmm. The clear reality is like this is we're just teaching the kids about what we consider a better time when we could own black people. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, honestly, I'm a little more upset. No, I'm not more upset. But like, it is a little bonkers to me that the caller could say is it wasn't overtly racist mm-hmm. and have been there and still listen to our show somehow. Like, I don't know. I don't know the world that all these things come together. And I'm like, well, it wasn't super racist. <laughs> like, What are you talking about? Collar? They could have made your little homeschool dance any time. It could have been fun. It could have been 70s. It could have been, you know, and and every time period would have had something wrong with it. But to choose (laughs) that specific time. Yeah. (laughs) Mid-1800s, America. (laughs) Yeah. what, What other reason yeah, what else was good about that time, actually? What else did people, were they, they just loved large skirts? What did they yeah. love so much? You can get large skirts in, in a lot of different time periods. It's also that thing of like, you know, you see it so often on like racist uh, Twitter where, you know, like all the, the the things that they like to do about like, we're just like Western chauvinists or we just think Western culture was at its peak mm-hmm. in like whatever, the 1840s or whatever. And it is also true that like these fucking racist white people always think they would also be a goddamn lord or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, even the shit you allegedly like about this, right, mm-hmm. is like literally not you, racist yeah. on Twitter. Like, we're, you wouldn't be that person either. You, you, like, no. you might have more rights than a slave, but guess what? You would have as, you know, you would, ha- like, you wouldn't be the, you know, hoop skirt wearing hoop skirt slave Bezos. owning. Yeah. <laughs> hoop skirt yeah. Bezos. Right. It's like the one you you literally might as well dream about being a billionaire now and yeah. realize how far you are from that. And like, you know, that's not doesn't whatever. This is see, and this is me being an actual JD Vance. If I care if if he cares about poor white people or so much, he would realize that rising up against rich white people is way more important than like being angry about the racist past of our country and denying it. Mm. I'm just I'm picturing a conservative a, than that guy. Sorry, Kevin. I'm just picturing a white principal with a bunch of ideas on postcards, and it's like oh disco God. night, sock up, and then a postcard <laughs> that he clearly wrote that says the Civil War. And he's like, "All right, I'm just going to pick a random one, totally at yeah. random." <laughs> and it's like, Civil "Wait, War. I thought we decided on under the sea." No, no, nope, nope, looks like it's this one. Still, we're going to do cool dances, guys. Don't worry. Oh, what a mess. Um, oh man, caller, I'm Yikes. sorry that you grew up like that yeah mm-hmm. i know and i guess that distorts your worldview and that's understandable but come on caller i had a very uh <laughs> hopeful conversation with my mom last week she just retired as a fourth grade teacher and i was complaining about 
lack of these types of discussions in education and mm-hmm. and she was very like I you know can't speak for all the teachers but I definitely made sure that was a regular conversation I was having with kids and yeah. and I was just like I didn't learn about this and I didn't learn about this and I didn't learn about this and then she was like yeah I like taught all of those things to the yeah. kids like last mm-hmm. year the year before and stuff so it did make me feel a little optimistic that like the next generation will like learn know some of these things that we didn't yeah. but yeah that might have just been a teacher <laughs> not yeah. all yeah. of well, them but it did make we have me a lot better. of there's a lot of educators who are listeners yes. and and not like we're helping them change how they teach but they they listen to a lot of <laughs> nope. shows like this and they mm-hmm. listen to yeah. a lot of other way smarter shows and because you know when we would do live shows and stuff i would meet people all the time who would talk yeah. about it and i was like wow you're very like you are using shows mostly like those other shows and then ours is kind of more on the entertainment side to to help you you know navigate yeah. the material in a more conscious way and that gives me yeah. lots of hope and me i don't even have kids yeah yeah it's hope hopefully that's like something we can accomplish Speaking of the kids, and I finally remembered the news item I forgot from Act nice. One, so I'm just going to throw it out there, which is that um, black TikTokers are on strike oh, yes. from inventing a new dance for the Megan the new Megan the Stallion song uh, because all their work constantly gets stolen by white people, and yes. um, it is very funny watching the white kids try to do a TikTok without oh. guidance of black folks, and that and, is all. And look, it. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Connie, as a new TikToker, as as a huge TikToker, <laughs> uh, viral. TikTok. If anyone hasn't seen Tawny's, are they? Do you? Here's here's a thing. Are you actually on TikTok, or do you just post them to Instagram? You I just post d- them to Instagram, I, no, right? No, I I posted two of them to Instagram. We were on me and my castmate Diana Silvers, who is 23 years old. So this is a young <laughs> person. It's not like just me being old on Twitter on TikTok. Um, <laughs> we did a couple that Jimmy O Yang posted because he has a lot of followers on TikTok and. When he and then I just put them in stories and I immediately got clowned. But <laughs> it was Diana's idea to do the Macarena <laughs> to uh, uh, all I do is win <laughs> and then dab at the end. We wanted a, a millennial zoomer mashup anyway, so we did that and everyone was like, What are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, the kid suggested it. Um, I liked it, but thanks, I didn't man. Potentially understand everything that was, I guess I was like, That's is that the Macarena? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really understand either, but I was like, sure, let's let's hang out. Doing the Macarena um, to songs that aren't the Macarena, I think, is pretty funny. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny, too. And then the dab seemed particularly... Anyway, um, yeah. it did not go well for me. And when Jimmy posted it, his followers asked if he had gotten hacked. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think the results are in. The feedback is in. And uh, I don't know how much TikToking I'm going to be doing. Part two. Um, but I so what I will say though is that the idea like I do like the idea of you know I, the the hopeful thing is like um, black creative people who mm-hmm. are not bound by anything other than community and I guess mm. the culture not black culture but the culture of being black on TikTok mm-hmm. um, manage to organize this thing that is like essentially a creative strike and like it is that. wonderful because. Guess what? Just like a demonstration of power is always nice, and yeah, the white people white people try to f- figure out a dance is 
wild. Yeah. I know um, it's self-selecting, and I'm sure there are talented white choreographers. I'm sure there were. White queen choreographers, but. (laughs) But it, it is fair to say that it has become the trend of TikTok that usually a dance created by a black person is the one that goes the most viral. And that's for a combination for, of for reasons. For white people, yes. Yes, sorry, that goes viral for white people. It's for a combination of reasons that are are sort of unique to TikTok, but are also indicative of a larger cultural conversation about how we create yeah. so much of the driving culture in the States, and then it gets disseminated out. And by the time it reaches, like, giant brands using it on Twitter, that's usually when black people are no longer <laughs> using the terminology anymore. Um so it is like a it's a it's a creative strike. It's a cultural strike. Um, I think that now people have started making dances because I did feel bad for Meg. Like, I, first of all, that song and that video is so good. Thought shit is so good. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I felt bad for Meg because I'm like, oh, you know, we're not striking some huge white rapper or musician. And that affects how many streams Meg gets by it not going super viral on TikTok. Yeah. So I was bummed about that. But also she's fine. Unfortunately, probably that's the type of thing that is going to take, you know, like, not like unfortunately, but it is like, yeah, the, 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 hopefully the kids are seeing the power of organizing. I do remember the other news thing. Oh my God, um, so much news. I'm so sorry, which is um, oh, fucking great. Derek Chauvin actually got sentenced to jail, the, the man who murdered George Floyd. Um, oh, yes, yeah. You know, there, there isn't, it's just like, should be said, I suppose, by us, or should be like acknowledged. I don't know if there's anything. Do you? I have a question uh, to say. I believe he got 22 years. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, do we think? I saw a lot of discourse about whether that was enough, and um, I don't have a public opinion about that because I have mixed feelings about, uh, you know, prisons. Um, but mm. do we yeah. have anything to say about the people who think that calling for harsher punishments? are not the way to, you know what I'm I, trying to say? I'm paraphrasing I, badly. But. I think I think that's a good discussion, which is that, like, if you believe in prison abolition and reform of the justice system writ large, how could you then um, possibly hypocritically claim that this man should have gotten more time in prison when mm-hmm. you don't believe uh, anyone should get time in prison? I don't know. I think to me it's, like, not a paradox, not hypocrisy, to just be like, well... In the system that we have, the fact that this like clear murderer, unrepentant murderer, w- murdering you know w- behind the production of the uni- blue uniform and the badge, um, I think should get more than people who have done murder you know without abusing their power and station, mm. um, because that is the system that we have, and then the rest of the prison abolition. I don't know. I just think like those two statements, I guess they're too long for Twitter to express, but like that seems fine to me, which is like by, by the punishments meted out for this crime in other um, places, he got off light. So the society let him off light. That is one of the problems with our system. The system let him off light. That's one of the problems with our system um, is that they can't be trusted to enact justice. Um, Mm. And so, sure, like, no one should be in jail in the way we do it. But since we are throwing people in jail for way less shit, he should be in more jail. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It seems like pretty consistent to me, but... I get that that's not easy to express and I'm sure I'm missing something, especially from the top part because my sense of what prison abolition would look like um, is not 
I don't know the flip side of it, I guess. I don't know the success case. I just know that what's existing well, is fucked up. It is hard to have like purity of ideas for a, a, a best case world and then try to make backseat quarterback decisions about what you would do in this current world. That, that can just be hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just interesting. Let's I noticed see. that online a lot. Um, we do have probably one more voicemail we should blast yep. through if we can. Let's blast through it. Um, let's see how see how we do. Blast off. So I am a light skinned black biracial woman. Um, my husband is a also pretty light skinned, uh, half Taiwanese, half white uh, person. Uh, when we had our first child uh she came out extremely uh pale and white uh so much so that the first thing i said was she's so light which i know not great um <laughs> but uh you you i although i'm light skinned you can tell that i am black and whenever we are together uh my daughter and myself in public I'm stopped and asked, you know, where is her mother? Um, you know, how's my nannying job going? And mm. when I correct people, often when I correct people and say, no, that I, I am her mother, there's still this audacity to even argue that that could be possibly true. And I just want to know, like, what is a better way for, for me to engage in this um, and, and, and really shut this down because it is, uh, coming to a point that uh, my mental health just can't take this anymore. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your help. Oh, so sad. I'm sorry. God. Yeah. It's such a bummer. Um, yeah, people not thinking your kid is your kid, and then uh, that's annoying enough. And then having the audacity to say anything after you go, no, that is my kid, is uh, people are the worst. Yeah. I mean, as far as, like, strategies go, I think, unfortunately, there is, like, it it is going to be a thing that is unfair. Like, whatever the thing that, like, gets you, like, sort of peace of mind is going to be, by definition, unfair. Like, you are not going to be able to make people's comments or assumptions less racist. Mm. Um, And thus, because I think this is a situation where, not this caller specifically, but sometimes people think, and this is a little bit because we're like, we're comedians. There's the conception that, or perception possibly, or hope from people that it's like, if we only had the right zinger, Mm. this would make it better. Probably because I suggest that a lot. I do suggest (laughs) coming back with a a little clap back because that's how I process hurtful things. It's like my defense mechanism. It doesn't have to be yours. But it doesn't always work for people. Or or specifically, Mm. it's like, even that, right, is like more of a mindset than a, Mm -hmm. like, specific line. Right. I walk around in a tortured existence. (laughs) Thank you, comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there's like a way, there's just a way to, like, look at the world, but it it, it isn't like... It's a little like the teacher man to fish of it, where it's like there, there just isn't like a specific thing we can give you um, that will help here. I mean, yeah, for us, I think like we both, uh, and Kevin too, although Kevin probably doesn't get the aggressions to his face the same way, uh, like get the energy from like the, you know, the fuck you of it. 
um, and the like in the moment, hopefully thinking of something funny or good or helpful. That's not helpful, but like a good way of saying fuck you to this person. Um, but that doesn't always work for people. And and the, the fact is, it's like this is going to unfortunately be a thing that um, enough of the population is going to say this forever because we live yeah. in a racist world. Yeah. Um, I think the things that tend to actually help me are things like, you know, when you can surround yourself with like people of color. It was unsaid in this, but I, I wonder if there's a world where um, the caller is also getting this from people of color. It feels sure. like very possible. Um, but I think at least with people of color, like you have a better chance of like when you express a pushback of them understanding, of them feeling bad about it, sure. of them like correcting things. I don't know. But the 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 thing, the, the sad thing is like this is going to be constant and like yeah. thus like think of this more in terms of mechanisms than like as one strategy. That's a good way to put it. And what is your mechanism? Is it to be very earnest and tell people that they're being hurtful? That, that could be a tactic that rings true with you. Um, You sound like an earnest, nice person. You don't sound like a snarky jerk like us. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe the joke response doesn't work. I mean, if it was me, I would be like, no, I stole this kid. Ha ha ha. And just like yeah. watch their faces melt. But if you're not that type of, if you don't combat the world with humor and jokes, that's not going to feel natural to you. So it's just, like you said, your mental health is suffering. You need to do whatever's yeah. going to make you feel a little better. So maybe it's just being brutally honest and saying, this is my daughter and please don't keep talking because it makes me very sad. Yeah. And for what it's worth, and again, maybe that's not a viable strategy for everyone, but that does that type of thing that feels like maybe a a step too far or like, Mm. just like not you. Um, But if it is how you're feeling, I do think doing it a few times, like it's weird how much practice, simple practice just makes everything easier. Mm. I know that's a wildly naive thing I just said, but I truly like, I'm always surprised at how much just practicing something makes it better. And even if you are the person that was looking for a one-liner from us, the actual way to unfortunately do it is practice doing your own one-liners until you get better at it. Okay, a third, (laughs) again, mechanism type things we're talking about here. I I like this this way of thinking about it. Because even if it's not for you, maybe it could help someone else. And this is a controversial one because I think we like to think that we don't need these crutches anymore or we hope that we wouldn't. But for people of color especially... You know, uh, going along to get along has been a, a, a proven tactic for a long time, and it's not for everyone. But maybe there are things you can do to. I hate to suggest this. I'm not suggesting you do it, but it might it might be helpful to someone. There might be things that you can do visually to signal to people that you are a family. There might be things that you can do. I know when I this is not the same thing, but my mom is white, and when I was a baby, she told me that she used to dress me in colors that she was wearing and stuff because she was sick of people being like, "Whose baby is that?" It's not the same thing at all because I think people tend to understand better how a white woman can have a darker baby. Um, But maybe there are things you can do to just non-verbally signal to people that y'all are related. And if that sounds like an annoying suggestion, I'm sorry. You don't have to do it. Right. I mean, look, there's the reality of like shit that might not be the quote right thing to do that is of easier to fucking deal with. Will work for you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. 
bad solution, imperfect solutions to an mm-hmm. intractable problem. Racism. This is really what that this whole show is, by the way. Like, because the we only are offering <laughs> points of view because this the shit only is not fixable. Good solution. <laughs> the only actual solution is going to therapy and getting to a place where this no longer bothers you. And I hate even saying that because it's like, fuck you. Of course, we all want to get so enlightened that this thing doesn't bother us, but I have to live in the real world and it bothers me right now. But that's the only really good thing. All the rest of these suggestions are just coping things that are imperfect. I mean, I would say potentially even that is like, I mean, look, the other way to fix this is eradicate racism. So mm-hmm. we can all give give that a shot. But, it, you know, we're all like <laughs> tilting at windmills um, because that's the secret of this show. Everyone like it's not actual solutions because, you know, the the giant is not slayable in our lifetime. The giant might not even be slayable with a sword, but it's like, look, we got to try something. Jesus Christ. What a fucking show back I forgot, by the way, also, yeah, I had that recording difficulty in the middle, so my number on this is not even the full number of what, how long we've been sitting here. Yeah. So we got to go. We got to go. We'll, <laughs> what we a love weird, you all. Week. Yeah. yeah, we so, love some of you. <laughs> most of you. Um, call in 323-389-7223. That's 323-389. Race with your questions. Oh, my God. This is, is Kevin J. Bartelt. You got it. Thank you. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Trondy Newman. Twitter, Instagram, Andrew T. Twitter, also Instagram. I'm Kev Bartelt on Instagram. Sorry, oh. couldn't get that oh. one. Good, My Kevin bad. Bartelt on Instagram. And follow Kev. at Suboptimal. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Just Kev. Just Kev. Kevin Bartelt no. is not available anywhere. Uh, oh, me. damn. Yeah. That guy still has yours. Kev Bartelt on Instagram. Sorry, um, gang. All good. I was going to say, follow uh, Suboptimal Pods on Instagram. Um, we don't have the energy for a Twitter because it is the whole thing is kind of a verbal Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's our subscription Louise. site, Suboptimal Pods, the optimal place to subscribe to Andrew and Tani's podcast, uh, where we do lots of fun stuff, non-racism related. And you can check that out at suboptimalpods.com. If you want to subscribe or support, it helps us stay independent so we don't have to go work for a network that only pretends to care about us. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. That's it. That's it. You already said the, the number. Call in. All right. Bye, folks. Bye. Peace. This is Suboptimal.